You're listening to Thinker's What Works podcast. I'm your host, Jason Todd, with my co-host, Alex Gary, and today, John Groh, the president and CEO of Rockford Area Convention and Visitors Bureau. John, welcome to the What Works podcast. I know, right? Yeah, your, your office is, is what, two blocks away from ours? Two blocks away. Yeah, and I walk past it nearly every day. You should wave sometime. You know what? I'll, I'll start doing that. You I'll just believe you're looking. And I can I'll, see you, even if you can't see me. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've, I've looked in there looking for you, and then I'm like, man, if he looks at me, it's gonna, I'm going to look really creepy. <laughs> That's okay. I want, I, I, let me tell you, there's a lot more interesting characters in you. <laughs> You'll have to step up your game, Alex. You're not as interesting as you could be. Or I'm not as creepy. I don't know. I don't One know. Two. Well, well, John, your your role as president and CEO, tell us, tell us what does that mean uh, in, in the scope of the Rockford Area Convention and Visitors Bureau? Sure. Well, you know, the, the, the Tourism Bureau, we are a marketing organization that sells our community, promotes our community. The whole goal is to bring other people and importantly their money to the Rockford region. Mm-hmm. Um, so tourism is a form of economic development. We do that by, uh, we, we, we're successful when we have successful marketing and sales programs. So my role as president and CEO is to bring vision and leadership to our staff, to work with our board, to um, uh, you know, determine the future of uh, not only our marketing message, our marketing campaigns, but also importantly, the product. So we treat the city of Rockford, the entire Rockford region as a product that is consumable by visitors, uh, also certainly by our local residents. And so we play a dual role of marketing and promotion as well as product development. And my role is to sit at the, at the top of that um, pyramid, I suppose, and uh, you know, work with the board above me and the staff uh, who, who works alongside me to, uh, to move tourism and economic development forward. Wow. So, so we are in a, a region where Chicago is 60 to 90 minutes, depending on where you want to go, um, to the uh, east, right? You can go north to Madison, uh, northeast to Milwaukee. These are all, at, and shoot, St. Louis is not very far away. So how do, you, how do you sell Rockford when there's so many major destination points um, so close to here? I'd actually invite you to flip around. You know, here locally, we often think about how close we are to another community. I like to think about how close pe- millions of people are to to Rockford and to the region. If you draw a concentric circle out from Rockford and you go two hours, you have some 14-plus million people who are living within the region, um, maybe if you, if you go a little bit further than that. So there's a large, target-rich audience that we can bring in. Be you know going deeper than that, we have to think about what's our product and who can we sell it to. Um, so we have a pretty broad mandate to look at the community and uh, what might what might be appealing. Uh, obviously, sports tourism is a big piece of uh, what we do, and so the facilities that we have as a region, uh, from the big ones like Sports Court One and Two and the Downtown Sports Factory, as well as facilities like the Harlem Community Center or um, you know our bowling centers or our golf courses, those are all um, product that we can sell uh, if we can connect to a tournament director or a governing go- a governing body that oversees a certain sport. Um, and then we look at you know other products like our family friendly attractions, our museums, you know magic waters, um, you know our outdoor recreational amenities in our you know Rock Cut State Park as an example, but our forest reserves as others. 
gardens and golf courses. You you know, just like any business would, you look at you know what your what your product sampling is, who who your target markets can be, and then you prioritize them based on um, you know what's trending and what's growing, what's uh, hopefully not declining too much, and you know, but you, we allocate our resources to target rich markets. So the um, there's lots of communities that are competing for that dollar. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of a, you know, what works, right? What has worked in terms of breaking through that clutter to, to get noticed, to get people here? I think what we're most known for as a region is the amateur sports marketplace. For 30-some years, our region has been uh, a pioneer in that. Now, if you think of what works in a lot of communities, you think of city, you know, from a tourism group tourism perspective, most communities have convention centers of some size. We don't in Rockford have a convention center. We have phenomenal sports facilities that bring in large numbers of people on an annual basis, a couple hundred thousand people at minimum. Um, We were in that market all the way back to the early 80s. And for, you know, a decade and a half, at least two decades, even, we were kind of, you know, relatively speaking, alone in that marketplace with few competitors. Now, most cities are competing in the sports tourism space. They're they're seeing that these facilities serve local needs uh, during the week and they can bring in visitors on the weekend. And so you, you look around us and there's more competition. We've been successful in that as a region. We've continued to invest in, you know, upgraded facilities and new facilities that keep us uh, competitive to bring in more and more sports tournaments. But the amateur sports marketplace is one that we've been very successful in. We, we were early in, early adapters to that. The, the, it's a recession-proof kind of marketplace. Parents uh, know when their kids are on traveling sports teams, one of the last things you cut uh, is, you know, your kid's tournament uh, or, or that, you know, what is sometimes often a family vacation. Yeah, those things don't get cut out. And so in the, in the last recession, uh, the amateur sports uh, segment of the travel industry was one of the least uh, prone to downturn in that recession. And I think that would be, you know, uh, would continue to be the case in the future. You know, the, the other things that we're, re- you know, really we do well, uh, Rockford has a phenomenal mix of arts and cultural um, activities that, that draw really well. And, and we like to think that tourism makes a really significant difference in making those facilities available for our local residents. If you think of Anderson Gardens, if you think of Discovery Center, if you think of Magic Waters, 50, 60, 70 percent of the paying visitors who are coming from there are coming from outside our immediate region, outside of Rockford and Winnebago County, outside of our MSA. Um, you know, if 60 if percent, you know, whatever the number is of those paying customers goes away, what happens? You know, that facility offers fewer resources and amenities. They charge more. They close down. And so if you, if you look across the museums and the gardens and the golf courses and the recreational amenities, you know, a significant portion of, the, of their customer base is not local. And um, so, we're, you know, we're quietly successful in those ways. Visitors don't always, you know, you can't say, oh, they're a visitor. Um, you know, if they get out of, out of their car and you see it says Iowa on their license plate, you see it. But unless, I say often, unless they're in a soccer uniform or a softball uniform or it's a lady wearing a red hat as part of a red hats group, you don't know that they're not from here because they just, you know, they're having fun at the Discovery Center and they, they look like you and me and our kids. Are the red hat women people you, you target? They, <laughs> do you have like a red hat mailing list? We do. 
<laughs> so I'm, I'm curious here. Uh, I'm, I'm curious here. You, you, you liken uh, the, um, the, the marketing of the, of, of the region or this area uh, to marketing products and services that, yep. you know, the, the company would, would create. Only the creation of these products and services is actually done by many, many organizations. Mm -hmm. I, give us a ballpark. How many organizations do you consider yourself marketing for? We have hundreds of restaurants. We yeah. have um, dozens of attractions. We have nearly thirty hotels. Yeah. You know, the, it's, it's the service-based uh, industry that we're, we're we're really promoting. But then there's the the suppliers to those industries. Um, so you have you know the insurance companies who are insuring you know the hotels, the 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 linen companies and the food service companies that are working uh, to supply food to and linens to restaurants, florist, and you know there does you know you, you can start to see the supply chain that, so that unlike, trickles out. So, so unlike a, a, a company that would have um, kind of unilateral control over the products mm -hmm. and services that they want to offer, oh, yeah. you are in charge of marketing for people who just go off and do something or right. stop doing something right. in many cases. Right. How do you how do you uh, work in that sort of environment? Yeah, you're re re really insightful. We sit in between buyers and sellers. Yeah. We're, we, we have a facilitative role in the sales process. Uh, so if you are a meeting planner and you're based in Wichita and you're going to host a meeting here, you know, we've met you at a trade show and we've told you about Rockford, but then we have to bring you through the sales process to talk with our hoteliers or a conference space and you have to you know come here and become familiar with the product so our it, it is an interesting place to be in that we don't control the product we can't uh, dictate or if there's a service issue and we have to have recovery we don't we, we, we can't always do it ourselves so I often say that our we're only as strong as our weakest partnership mm -hmm. um, you know we you know, nothing gets done you know, from our organization without strong partners um, throughout the community because we sit, because we do sit in the middle between buyers and sellers. So then how do you go about measuring success given that you'd have no no real direct control over the products or services? So you can I mean just like any marketing campaign can you you can look at what your uh, KPIs are, you know, we can we can have uh, you know uh, a campaign that is marketing our gardens or our attractions and working with them we can we can gauge what their attendance increases and you can look at indicators of success uh, or, or indicators of interest. Uh, so, you know, Web, web visits and all the web stats are, you know, when we're out in the marketplace, are there spikes in, in those, uh, you know, um, data points? You can look at on the group side, how many, you know, we, we have direct salespeople, three, you know, three people in the office who their primary role is to connect with meeting planners, sports planners, et cetera. So how many, you know, what what does their funnel look like? How many prospects do they have? How many of those converted to leads? How many converted to bookings? And, you know, what's that total number of events that are coming, the total number of attendees? How many room nights are they going to produce? And then you can figure out economic impact so calculations from there. So you're then working with, I mean, obviously, the more sophisticated, you know, organizations that, that uh, are interested in measuring things. Because I'm certain many organizations, <laughs> uh, you know, you talk about measurement and they're like, yeah, 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 you know, it's, cool. it feels better than it did last time. Right. Uh, so, so for those more sophisticated organizations, you you get in the trenches with them and help them measure the 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 effort and the response in those efforts that you've that you've been a part mm -hmm. of creating. Mm -hmm. So, you also bring up this you brought up this topic earlier where you know kind of during the recession there were recession proof um, or recession resistant right. products and services uh, in the community. 
you must be involved also in I, I would suppose researching uh, what what the current trends are, maybe what the future trends are, and mm-hmm. then are, do you supply that information back to some of these organizations in the community, the more progressive ones? You know, it's it's both the communities, but it's also our public partners. So mm-hmm. the city of Rockford, the city of Loves Park, the Rockford Park District, yeah. and trying to understand, I, I often say, what's new, what's next, and what's not. I remember a conversation in the community uh, 15 plus years ago, maybe even more, about the possibility of an IMAX theater being cited on the Riverfront Museum Park campus. And I think the the, the right decision at that point when the conversation was happening I was... I about that one. <laughs> I, I wrote about that. was a six-month idea. Was, was, was that the, the trend had... You know, the, the, we, we, we were past the crest, and, yeah. and it was a declining product. Um, and so that was a let's not do that. Uh, you know, more recently, there was, while well, it was now started almost 10 years ago, you know, the reclaiming, what we call reclaiming first year, which led to some $60 million in product improvement in our large sports facilities. That started with, you know, some conversations, understanding, you know what, we're seeing some market decline. We're seeing other communities are building newer facilities that are outshining our facilities. We see some softness in, you know, uh, in, in, in soccer and softball. And what we ended up finding was that we had, you know, seen a, I think 11% decline in soccer tournaments and a 12% decline in softball over a few years period. So we had been sensing it, but until we really started pulling on the strings and asking those questions, we didn't know. And then when we did, we worked with the park district and the city and the county to research and understand the situation, understand what our potential was. Then we went through the whole process that led to the the capital development of those facilities. It seems to me that the average, uh, let's let's call them consumers, uh, the average consumer in in a region, let's say in Rockford, oversimplifies the the process uh, and thinks you know oh the convention visitors bureau they they create flyers and yeah they hand out brochures yeah so do you do you find that people have kind of this over oversimplified version of the complexities of marketing a region yeah you know i i guess i would say yes but you know i understand that and i can respect that mm-hmm. um you know there's a lot of industries that i don't know anything about and yeah. I, I probably make my own assumptions about too um you know but i think the the work of organizations like ours destination marketing organizations destination management organizations is how we kind of consider ourselves now is much more complex you know the role of placemaking and economic development is is uh, phenomenally more important and more pronounced than it was 15 years ago um so you know we have to look at and when we do look at ourselves in the economic development space in the community development space uh here in, here in the Rockford area, our board led us through a process a couple years ago where we started thinking about our work in a slightly different way. And some people might say that's exactly the same, but it's profoundly different for us. While for, for many years we had said, you know, what will appeal to a visitor will be good for a resident. And kind of the new approach that we've taken is if it's good for a resident, it will attract and appeal to potential visitors. Uh, so our stroll on state, you know, event was entirely developed because of a desire to, to, you know, bring our community together. That has become a really compelling wintertime, you know, early winter holiday event. Uh, and that has other trickle-down benefits for, uh, you know, downtown business owners and stakeholders, bringing people uh, and getting them to try downtown. Um you know, public art and beautification are parts of creating a appealing destination. The first beneficiaries are our residents, and it, it creates an even more attractive and appealing destination. So I have a question about staff development, because um, 
if you're listening to this, uh, I've been involved with John for several months on this peaches celebration, and what it, it was, which is to, a big deal. So it brings it, back uh, all the peaches. The Rockford Peaches were a all women's baseball team back in the '40s and '50s. They dominated a league called the All American Girls Professional Baseball League. There was a movie made about them in 1992 called A League of Their Own, and this was a, set, a chance to celebrate the 75th anniversary. And so early on. Uh, the Convention and Visitors Bureau got on board, and it was the first time I got to be on the other side mm-hmm. after years of being in the newspaper and listening to people talk about, well, well we, we worked so well together, and it was so great. Now I got to see how the <laughs> sausage was made, right? So when it comes to staff development, you, we talked earlier about all the partners, right? Right. And when you deal with a partner, that partner, that's the most important thing to them at this moment. You might have 75 other things or organizations you've got to balance, but in that moment, they want. They feel they're number one. So, when you're actually building your staff at the RACVB, are mm-hmm. you looking for a certain type of personality that can balance yeah. difficult personalities who have a vision and maybe it doesn't match with reality? Interesting that you bring that up. I was just having a conversation with somebody about that today. Not the, you know, in exactly the same way, but we do look for people who can multitask um, and. Who, who are really good on their feet because, you know, it's, it's cliche to say every day is different, but like every hour, every, you know, you know, five minute period can be different. You know, you, you have to have a, a service mentality. Um, people who work for our organization have to love our community, you know, deeply care and understand that what they're doing is benefiting the community. And so as we worked with the committee that was putting on the Peaches celebration, you know, it wasn't just, um, we didn't just take an order, you know, we, we weren't just saying, yeah, we will do that creative work and we will write those news releases and, you know, on down the line. There was, we, we were invested in it because, you know, hey, wow, the Rockford Peaches, they have a phenomenal story. They made, they made history. Um, they were, you know, pioneers in, in, in not only in sports, but in industry later to follow. So there, there became, a, you know, we, we kind of co-created that together or we, we became, you know, co-creators along with the committee. Uh, so, you know, that comes from a place of really loving our community and uh, wanting it to to grow and thrive. But uh, in terms of, you know, the people we look for, we look for people who can get to yes. Uh, maybe the answer is no, but we have to get to yes. We have to um, uh, treat people, you know, at, you know, knowing that what they're doing is, is, is highly important and we want them to be successful. But I think multitasking is probably one of the biggest things we do. From a leadership standpoint, because you and I have worked together over the years and various different things. And, and uh, you've had some people that didn't work out. How quickly did you have to move on something like, did you give them six months or <laughs> is it, you know, are you, are you the type that, that looks right away and says, I don't think this is working. We need to move on. I mean, you know, from a, from a leadership standpoint, how quickly do you move on things like that? I probably don't move quickly enough. Um, it's something that I've learned about myself. Um, you know, you usually know pretty pretty quickly, and then you try to make it work, and you try to make it work, and if only this changes. And uh, so, one thing maybe I've learned over time is to, um, you know, if if you identify something, to to move through, um, you know, a corrective action process pretty, pretty as quickly as you can. I think most importantly is the hiring process. You know, it, thankfully, I don't think we've been in that situation too many times. Uh, but I think you, you know, I, I'm I, I am a person who really has a 
you know, gut level intuition about a lot of things. And I can typically tell if somebody's going to be good in our culture. And that's one thing we really try to protect is our culture. Um, and so maybe if we, if I've learned anything is, is to act more quickly when something does happen, but to protect our hiring process and not let somebody in the door, don't settle for somebody that isn't quite right. Um, you know, keep the, keep the search open, keep the process going until you find, find the best, best fit for, for that time. That's gotta be, that's gotta be challenging. And, and we talk to a lot of business owners and council business owners all the time. And, you know, I've, I've lived that life too. It's a challenging thing to be at the top and making some of these decisions it uh, invites criticism you kind of have a second level of criticism because you're in a very public entity mm-hmm. uh how do you insulate yourself from criticism i mean sometimes for people it can be it can be not only challenging but debilitating mm-hmm. how do you how do you keep a level head and move through things well great question huh you know i think if we believe strongly in what we're doing if we've thought through, researched, you know, tested and implemented, you know, not everything's going to be popular. I think the, you know, I guess where I, maybe to flip it around, I think it's okay. You have to open yourself up to criticism. And I think if you think, if you shut it all off and you say their viewpoint isn't valid, um, then you're not, you know, you're not open to improvement. I mean, I can think of, a, you know, one, you know, the second year that we had Stroll on State, there were some really big logistical challenges. And there was a huge, um, you know, kind of outcry about some things that didn't go well in that, you know, big public space with lots of people together. And, and you know, I think our initial gut reaction was to say, ah, what do they know? But when we when we calmed down and took a few days and really started to look at the feedback and look for themes, there were some things that we we realized that we could improve upon. So, you know, you do want to insulate yourself because you you, uh, you know want to keep your head down and keep going. But sometimes you need to open yourself up to that criticism and think about what's what what's really going on. What are people really saying? How much of it is real and how much of it is just bluster and and hopefully you have the emotional intelligence to tell the difference and be able to deal with it so um you know we talk a lot about what works so and you talk about <laughs> the second day of a strolling state uh-huh. has there is there a project or that you you know you've been at it for a while now where you look back and say man i'd like another crack at that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh i don't I don't know that I have a lot of regrets. I have a lot of things that I that we still want to do. Um, you know, one of our our dreams, our vision is is you know around the idea of lighting our riverfront with you know decorative LED you know lights that can dance and be um, you know inter, you know changing and synchronized to music and you know our buildings downtown doing video mapping. Uh, I. I think I, you know, uh, probably almost broke the organization one year when we, you know, created our River Lights concept. And we, I think we announced it in October. We were going to implement in November. And, you know, we learned really quickly that uh, we know nothing about lighting. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, the complexities of, uh, you know, putting conduit in the ground in late October, early November. And, right. <laughs> um, you know, there was a lot we learned about that project, and we're still learning. I mean, the, the lights are in the ground, and, you know, we installed lights, you know, um, that are, you know, installed under the water table, you know, based on where they are along the riverbank. So we, you know, have 
periodic problems when there's a lot of rain and you know water you know uh, coming up from the ground so sometimes you, you you get a little ahead of yourself you know we've had success there but we want to have more so we're actually you know, kind of slowing down and saying what are other cities doing what are the experts you know who, who are they what can they tell us how can they help us design a better system so going forward um we're not figuring out that it's hard to uh, burrow through the ground in november when you know it's already kind of started to freeze so you you had a question before we're saying where people just assume that you guys are sitting around you know typing up press releases <laughs> i've always been the flip side of i've always thought well if i'm gonna get something done i'm gonna go to john right because i you know illinois rushmore corner He's going to be the one that makes that happen, right? At some point, we're going to get Illinois Rushmore Corner because I'm going to keep after him. But maybe I overestimate what you can do. I'm not sure. You don't have the dollars for something. Like that. So you can... Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, it, it is hard for me as as the leader of an organization that is um, pro-community, that is, you know, we, we, we want to make things happen. It's hard for me to say no to a good idea. Um I don't know that I've met a bad good idea. If it's good, we should do it. I, I, you know, we're trying to be better. I'm trying to be better about looking at if we're going to take this on. How does it impact workflow? How does it impact, um, you know, relationships in the community? How is it? How does it bog us down or move us forward? Um, you know, so there's, you know, there's not. You know, we just we just uh, took on something with the city of Rockford uh, for the planning. Uh, you know, not the planning, the really the implementation of the master plan for Davis Park. And some folks said, "So, are you are you adding to your staff so you can do that?" And I said, "No." And I never really thought about it. You know, I think we have the skills and the resources and the talent to move forward. We have a great board and great partners, so we're gonna we're gonna move it forward. So some people in the community thought, "Oh, you're probably gonna expand your staff and you know to to move that forward." And um, no, it's a good idea. We should be great partners. Uh, we need to activate our riverfront, so we're going to move forward with it. And uh, hopefully I don't spill too much milk along the way. Do you, so do you have a systematic process for prioritization, or is it sort of gut feel? Or You know, there is... Uh, you know, systematic uh, might be question. You know, <laughs> somebody can question whether it's systematic enough. You know, so the my direct reports we meet every other week. Um, you know, as as group, um, you know, we we try to spend time in those meetings. Um, you know, off the off the top on, you know, what where where are we? You know, in comparison to what we said was important in our strategic directive documents, I don't like strategic plans. So we have strategic, you know, uh, narratives, and that's a whole probably other <laughs> conversation. Um, but you know, what we said was important for the next eighteen twenty four months. How are we tracking? Um, and then when things are coming up uh, as ideas, I think we're trying to be better about if we're going to take this on, what are we taking off the plate? Um, and so those conversations happen within the leadership team. Just on a fluid basis, yeah. It, yeah I, I guess it is, yeah. flu, you know, fluid. I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're looking at, you know, okay, pull out, pull out the document, pull out the plan. Here's our priorities. Here's what we said we were going to do. Yeah. You know, green light, red light, yellow light. How are we doing? Mm -hmm. um, and if we're, you know, if we're seeing too many yellow lights or too many red lights, you know, we're we're literally just marking it with highlighters, um, you know, on a. Uh, and having the conversation, if there's too many yellows and reds, why is that? You know, is it because we've taken on too much? Is it because we've gotten bogged down? Is it because it's no longer a priority? Um, so we, you know, we try to have those conversations. What do you think the community can do? I think the community can do whatever it wants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a more specific question? Yeah. So in terms of the in terms of uh, marketing, your your task is is uh, marketing the community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And I think that many times community members uh, look at governmental agencies and think, well, that's their job over there. Mm -hmm. uh, and if it's not if it's not working or if I don't like it, well, then I have to come, you know, right. talk to them. What, how do you, how do you, what kind of approach, you know, being that you've been at this for a long, long time and you love the community, been in the community for a long time, what approach do you take, uh, in terms of, you know, here's, here's what I need from you, the community member. I think we would, we, we love it when it happens and we, you know, we'll, we'll love it even more as it happens more and more and more it is for the community to raise its sights, to believe, um, that wild and crazy ideas are possible. We had our annual lunch a few weeks ago, and and I you know tried to talk through the power of ideas, and um, that big things happen because somebody had an idea and wrote it down and then moved it forward. Um, you know, I think of Sarah Wolf at the Discovery Center, who was a science teacher. You know, an elementary teacher with a focus in in, in the sciences. Who, thirty plus years ago, with a group of women from the Junior League of Rockford, started coalescing around the idea of a children's museum. And it, you know, thirty years later, now it is one of the most successful uh, visited attractions in our community, but one of the finest children's museum in the country. You know, the, the Anderson family who had an idea and a passion for Japanese garden and now Anderson Japanese gardens is literally one of the finest Japanese gardens in all of North America. And if not outside of Asia, you know, the idea that Rockford and our region is even a destination and a place that people would want to come to was foreign and, um, even, um, uh, appalling to some people 30 plus years ago when we started this adventure that became RACVB because, you know, why would somebody want to go there? And and certainly I know that people still ask that question. Um, That's one of the things we've, we've explored on other podcasts, that people who are from here are much more down on the community than people who come here. Right. Oh, yeah. And I, and, and I do believe that that's actually fairly common in communities. As I yeah. talk about, talk to my colleagues around the country, people who are in really cool places, uh, and, and, you know, you'd think they have it made in the shade and, you know, they, they, they have, uh, you know, uh, issues of bringing their community along with them. So I don't think we're unique there, but the idea that, uh, visitors would come, that was a big idea. And so, you know, what I would, you know, what I think the community can do is, you know, whatever it puts its mind to, whatever the citizens want the community to do. I don't buy into that, you know, all good ideas come out of people who are paid to move ideas forward. Yeah. Um, so, you know, at, at, at the Bureau, you know, we are committed to growing uh, and advancing this region, but we do it with a lot of partners. And a lot of those partners are individual citizens who have passions, who walk in our door, who call us and say, we have an idea. You're open to that? So if, yeah. I've got an, you know, if we've got an idea, then people he, he, can just call you up. Yeah, and he gave out notebooks. In. I got my notebook. Yeah, those are cool <laughs> notebooks. Yeah, so yeah, I got the notebook, the big yeah. idea. The big notebook, idea books. Yeah. Just start, start writing it down. into it. All right, mm -hmm. it's all job. expensive stuff. Oh, hey, that's oh, okay. Well. You know, you know, I, I actually am a firm believer that money follows vision, mm -hmm. and yeah. um, in, in 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 private industry, mm -hmm. in placemaking, and in community development, um, you know. Whether, you know, whatever kind of money, whether it's government money, private capital, venture capital, whatever, you know, there has to be vision first. And if we don't believe that the community is worthy of um, world-class attractions, you know, a phenomenal downtown, excellent uh, recreational amenities, these things that make it a great place to live and also a great place to visit, uh, if we don't, you know, believe that to be true, uh, it won't be. But if we believe it, um, you'll, you'll see the... Um, the effects of 
um, you know, vision moving into transformation and you know you look at the sports factory on the river look at the embassy suites project that's 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 raising you know out of the rubble not the rubble but the uh you know uh and that's uh, a 15 year idea or more yeah, or more so um I, I i think the community can do whatever it wants if it puts its mind to it awesome well john uh any any other parting words you'd like to leave us with you know uh not that, not that I can think of off the top of my head. You know, I, th- I think the you know, maybe just in closing, in terms of what works, I think as it relates to destination marketing, destination development, um, our role is to market and sell and promote what we have, to work with partners, private, public, et cetera, uh, regular citizens, to develop new products and experiences. I often look at. Our community, as I said at the beginning, as a you know essentially a consumer product that is consumable. Um, just like in retail, you often you always have to have not just now seasonally new product on the shelves. You know every month, every week, there's something new. Communities are the same way. Whether you live here or work here or um, you know want to visit here, it has to offer those different groups something new and appealing and compelling. And uh, fortunately, uh, we get to work in the space that brings in visitors. We believe that a place that a pe- person wants to visit is uh, ultimately also a place that a person wants to live and invest and come back to time and time again. Well, thanks for being on the What Works podcast. It's always a pleasure to uh, walk past your place. I'll start to wave. Please do. Uh, or come I'll, in. Uh, <laughs> we can show you around. I believe that you're waving back at me. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks for having me.